From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 491. Today's show is brought to you by ZocDoc and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Federico Ficicci. Ciao, Federico. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling real good. And we're also joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Federico. Hey, Mike. Hello. Uh, I'm feeling real good because we just had what I think is like an all-time great pre-show for Connected yes. members, where we spoke about the Yuzu emulator of a Nintendo Switch, and we made some cases as to whether we think it is legal, moral, or none of the above. You we are lawyers now. <laughs> we are. Thank- Federico all- has been studying case law. I um, passed the bar, and it's all thanks to you, Connected I think Pro Federico listeners. said the, t- the phrase legal precedent 16 times yes. uh, during the 20-minute so pre-show, which you can get by going to getconnectedpro.co Sign up, support the show, and get some fun content. Before we get to follow-up today... Have some follow-up. Follow no, 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 no. Hold Fo- on. Oh. Hold Ooh. on. I have a surprise. Uh, so I set a goal for myself okay. in 2024, and we are going to start working toward this goal here today in this episode. In 2024, I want you guys... I think it's time. We've been podcasting this year for 10 years together. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? 10 years? I want you guys to finally learn some Italian. Oh, no. I okay. am tired of, of having to talk in English all the time. Okay. Um, so we are going to start this process that will likely take months uh, or years. But I want you by the end of this year to be able to speak at the very least some short Italian sentences. Okay. Are you going to teach us? Yes. So okay. we're going to start with we're going to start with the very basics. Uh the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Uh today I just we're going to start very small. I just need you guys to learn how to pronounce a portion of the Italian alphabet. Very very simple. All right? And obviously as you know as in the future next few months in the next few months we'll go deeper and deeper into the realm of the Italian language. All right. So Okay. You guys are familiar with the alphabet, I assume, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm familiar with the alphabet's work, yes. Okay, so uh, one of the things you should know about Italian is that we um, pronounce the letters as as we say them, uh, which this will make sense. This will make sense. (laughs) This will make sense later on. You'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. So A, B, C, it's A, B, C. Mike, you go first. A? Okay, let's let's chi more like chi. a b chi, a b chi. Okay, go Stephen. A b c. No, no, it's a, <laughs> here's a, no. Here's the thing. No. Okay, I think I can say this because I feel like the statute of limitations is up. I had to take a foreign language in college. Okay. And I really struggled. Like I, I was a good student, right. and I really struggled in high school and college in foreign language. I took Spanish, thinking it'd be the easiest. And it was so hard that my last college Spanish class, my wife, who was fluent in Spanish, did a large amount of my online Spanish work for me. It was an online class and did the bulk of it. And so, okay, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying this is not my strong suit. So I'm going to struggle. I just need some grace. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. We'll get you up to speed. So let's try okay. again. It's not A, B, C. It's A, B, C. A, B, C. Yes. Yes. 
Cool. Then we're okay. Next three. Oh God, I thought we were just yeah. gonna do three. We're doing the no, whole no. alphabet. <laughs> no, we're not doing the whole okay. alphabet. We're we're just we're okay. just doing okay. six today. All right, we're just doing all six right. today, and we'll do twelve next time, and you know we'll we'll go from there. I love it. Uh, D, E, and the next one is a bit tricky. F. Okay. A, B, G. Yes. D, A, F. Okay, it's D. Not D. D, A, F. More like F. F. Yes. All right. All right. Go, Steven. What happens if Mike is successful at this, but not successful in learning Romanian? I'm learning Romanian. I'm doing Duolingo. I'm on a 50-day streak. Ooh. Yeah. Take that. What are the first six letters in the Romanian alphabet? Oh, we don't do the alphabet. Like, Duolingo is not alphabet. Like, you're you're like learning to speak. You're not like learning all of it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Stephen. D A F. D A F. Yeah. Uh, So it's not F. It's like F. That literally sounds the same to me. No, you said so. You said F. It's it sounds shorter than it is. It should be F. Like more pronounced. F. Yes. All right. So that concludes our very first short. We'll find a name for this segment, I guess. Um, the six letters of the Italian alphabet. Um, thank you for thank you for collaborating, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll do this again next time. I have uh, a potential uh, uh, topic. I have like a segment name. Mm-hmm. Teach Italian. <laughs> okay. All Come right. Come on. Right? right, it can't be better right. than that, right? right. Teach Italian. Yes. That's that's very good. Please, in your spare time, you know, if you guys can before next week, repractice these six uh, letters, and we'll go from there next week. Follow up. All right, so follow up. <laughs> yeah. uh, iOS seventeen point four will indeed offer the ability for a developer to disable video reactions. It's in the release notes now. It says developers can be, can control the default behavior of reactions. This is controlled per application, and user choice will override application declared defaults. So you'll be able to choose what you want to do otherwise, but you can have, uh, uh, by default, you can like say no, you can turn it off for your app, but a user can choose to turn it on if they want to. Um, so that will probably help with that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's a good change. Mm-hmm. That's the mm. only thing going on in 17.4, I think. I don't think there's anything yeah, else. I think so. Nothing, Nothing else. else. Um, we got some uh, AI follow-up. Comes first piece comes from Frederick. We were talking about Magic Eraser. Uh, it has been available in Google Photos on both iOS and Android since February 2023, but only for paying customers who have Google One. So if you want Google's Magic Eraser, it's possible to get it, but who wants to pay for Google One? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Anders says, with regards to the Apple research papers, we were talking about the strange formatting of them and the nothing being in line. Uh, well, it turns out they weren't using they they are not using Word as we expect, but some variant of LaTeX. Mm. This is great for mathematical equations, but not so great for graphic design. Isn't it pronounced LaTeX? It is pronounced LaTeX. Yeah. Well, then what's the next for? Why don't they put a K there? It's like Mac OS ten. Yeah, but no one's like. Layton. Mac OSC 10, are they? <laughs> right? I don't, I don't speak no, there is no scenario in which an X is pronounced with a cuss sound. Why would they do this to me? Now they made me like a fool Mac on my OS own podcast. C- Mac OSC. Mac OSC. All right, I have now 
Uh, oh, don't come at me and be like, oh, look in the chat. Like, it's the Greek key letter. No, that is BS. That is BS. I will not accept that. No one knows this. I reject this. I'm furious now. Uh, Mike writes in to say, with the discussion on episode 490 about a 5mm iPad Pro, do you think Apple would make an iPad Pro without a camera? The thinness of a case is nice, but is ruined if it cannot lay flat on a desk because of a camera bump. Do people really care about this thing with laying devices flat on a desk? I, you know, I had this thought, and, I, and here I am to, to jump straight in with my <laughs> counterpoint. Drawing on an iPad. Like it is uh, a yes. normal see, thing see, see, to put see. it yes, down and yes, use an Apple yes. Pencil to draw, right? Like on a phone, no, it's fine. But the iPad is maybe the only device where like it actually would make it nicer if it was flat. Like mm. realistically nicer if it was flat. Hmm. Mm. That's mm. a good point. Hmm. Well, we all know photography is the main use of iPad Pros. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially the 12.9 inch. <laughs> it's really <laughs> good what to get if, a handle oh, on it. Oh, I got it. I can't believe we haven't thought about this before. Okay. Camera bump dongle. Okay. So you have a really, it has a built-in camera, but it's really bad. But if you want a good camera, you plug in this USB-C thing. It's aluminum. It kind of wraps around the edge of the iPad and you get a good camera. You should, you should make a Kickstarter for it. I should. Yeah. Who needs calendars? Yeah, exactly. I'm so mad about this latex thing. <laughs> no, I'm so angry about, about it because everyone in the Discord is like, well, all of my computer science professors, I don't care. Why did they put the X there? It makes me like an idiot, you know? Like, I don't like this. I'm really mad about this. Why did they do this? As soon as I saw this follow-up, I realized, oh, yes, of course, they're using latex. Like, yeah. uh, I wish I had thought of it live. That's my shame. Not that I don't know how to pronounce it, which is weird because normally that's my problem. There's an entire part of the Wikipedia entry for pronouncing it. Of course there is. Why? But like, I'm so angry. (laughs) Because the thing is, right? Here's the thing. It doesn't look like the Greek character, right? Because it's an X, but like a weird X. And it's like drops down, right? It's just, I'm just so mad. I'm just so mad about this. Shootan in the Discord with some beautiful Greek alphabet, which I can also read, by the way. That's that is excellent. Uh, I hadn't seen those letters in in a few years. Should and this I? is Thank proving you. my point. It doesn't. If it looked like that, right? <laughs> like if if the X in LaTeX looked like that, I wouldn't call it LaTeX. I'd be like, oh, something weird's going on here. You know, mm-hmm. it's an uh, X. Well, okay, okay. We, look, it's it's okay, Mike. Now you know it's LaTeX. <sighs> it's made me look like an idiot. I'm very yeah. annoyed about this. Yeah. So the next time. The next time you got to go out and buy something, you'd be like, hey, uh, do you guys have any LaTeX suits? <laughs> I have a LaTeX allergy. <laughs> Can we talk about showers some more? Yes. Chris wrote in and said, I wanted to share that I use a MagSafe magnetic mount to hold my phone in the shower. And then I have an old set of Beats Fit Pro that I wear while showering. Unacceptable. I take them out at the end to finish washing my ears and then try them, dry them and myself <laughs> off. Look, gang, what? <laughs> ju- just take 10 minutes where you don't have a podcast. Like, obviously, I'm a podcaster, right? Like, I want you to listen to our shows. You don't need to do this, you know? Like, it's fine. Like, just take a few minutes to think to yourself. Jeremy writes in to say, I too hang on, have hang on, the hang on. We can't. We just can't blow past this. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, stop. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Chris. 
Chris, listen to me directly. <laughs> He's probably in the shower at the moment. Chris, Chris, yeah. you need to order some new shampoo. Wearing, <laughs> like, I'm a podcast, like, I understand, like, you need I, time with your thoughts. I have other times a day for that, right? It's the headphones, it's the earbuds yeah. in the shower yes. that I don't like about That's this. the problem. That's where it's gone too far. I don't mind a, I don't mind a good shower speaker. I think that's totally fine. Uh-huh. Like I said, I've got one. It's the Beats Fit Pro wearing in the shower that 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 for a couple of reasons. One, like yeah, you got to take them out to wash your ears. They're wet. Aren't you going to drop them all the time? But even with a shower speaker, I can still, well, cuz my bathroom is tiny, I can just see when the door opens, but I can hear Right, I can like if one of my kids needs something, I can still hear them. With with things in my ears in the shower, I feel like you're too isolated, right? Like you you need some connection to what's going on outside of the shower, and I feel like there's too much isolation here, and it feels icky. And I I want to send you a shower speaker. I think don't don't use Beefits Pro anymore, please. Jeremy says I too have the JBL Clip Two in the shower. Uh, Jeremy felt the need to tell us that their JBL Clip 2 was blue. Mm, uh, I also good. have a MagSafe ring on the shower wall, clear of water what? danger, no. to put my phone. No, the phone well stays outside. podcasts in the shower, I watch YouTube, Hulu, and stuff like that. Hulu in the shower. Uh, <sighs> you know. Only murderers in the shower, you know? Hulu's greatest show. <laughs> I'm okay. Look, look, again, listening is fine. The phone should not come in the shower with you. Right. This was the whole thing that started this a hundred years ago when this topic started before it took over our podcast. I needed a thing to be able to put my phone on the counter next to the sink. So I got the nomad leather back thing, which I'm still loving, but it can't come in the shower with you. That's how too did much. we end up? How did we end up here? Why is there a Tamu.com link? We're not in, putting in, that in link the in the show notes. I refuse Why? to put that in the CMS. Why? Go to Amazon. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't know. This Why? is the last time. This is this is the last time. I don't know time. if it is. I'm not done. Uh, the next piece of follow-up comes from Nick, who says, I am surprised, and this is hilarious to me, the word surprise in this follow-up. I'm surprised that the, the three hosts did not originally land on the same conclusion I did for podcasts in the shower. Okay. I use a HomePod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! What? The surprise! Yes! The prestige! Okay, Look, okay. The, the, the outside, the fabric of the HomePod, it's like a loofah, right? Like, you're having a great time. Mm. Uh, Nick what what about that. the electricity part of that? You gotta plug a- that Exactly. Uh, it supports airplay, is voice controlled, and supports home intercom. Ideally, the white one looks best in the bathroom. Fiddling with a cheap battery power, Bluetooth water speakers, or balancing your iPhone seems barbaric. Now, <laughs> I'm assuming, right, that the HomePod is not in the shower cubicle because I think Nick would be dead by now. Yes. Right? I mean, look, all of mine were outside of the shower, and all three of my big ones are dead now. So. Yeah. And again, like I'll say, I will say, I don't in. I don't have an issue with people listening to music or podcasts in the shower. My, for me, if you are going further than phone in the shower with you, which I'm fine with, or simple speaker, I think it's too far, right? Like I think when we're getting MagSafe rings and stuff like that, it's like we're gone too yeah. far using headphones. But this Hulu? is the reason why <laughs> we got some anonymous feedback who said, Regarding the dangers of phone in the shower, my wife is a manager of a HR company and twice in the last year has had to write disciplinary actions because employees have accidentally joined video calls while in the shower. No! Oh. No! No! <laughs> After 
after much deliberation, improper work attire was deemed the correct terminology for the offense. The offenders seem to have accidentally hit the camera button during an active call while otherwise occupied. What is wrong with people? This, no. what this is, is wrong with people? This is so much worse than the video reactions in Mac this OS. This is why iOS. working from home should be illegal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if this is what you're doing, you have lost your working from home privileges. If you're supposed to be on a meeting and instead you're in the shower, no, you're not allowed anymore. Well, look, may- maybe it was an unexpected call, right? It's not oh. like, oh, I have a meeting with my boss. Let me go get in the shower. I've read this as uh, someone, you know, look, people just make Teams calls and Slack calls and you accidentally pick up. Don't take your phone in the shower. Just don't, no. just don't do it. Don't do this. Improper work attire. Improper work attire. Unbelievable. Look, there's. we all know. <laughs> I'm on one today. <laughs> we all know there are specific reasons to have your phone in the shower, right? And like to be on a call, like if you want to be on a phone call in the shower. And what you, that's good for you if you want to do that, but never in a work environment. You know what I'm saying? Not in a work environment. Just, can, Wait. What? What? <laughs> Look, if you want to take a phone call with a loved one while you're in the shower, like that's up to you. Oh, right? sure. Okay, sure. You know? Okay, sure. Maybe you're traveling. I don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah, but what? like, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> Why can't people just, you know, sing in the shower or something? Like, it's, you know, old school. Like, just, or, or, or be alone with your thoughts. Yeah. I get you know? great thinking done when I'm in the shower. Me too. Yeah. Great yeah. thinking. Yeah. Now I'm just going to think about how upset I am about LaTeX. That's what I'm going to... When I take my shower this evening, that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to be thinking about. Evening shower. Gonna be, Evening I'm shower. not going to be able to get this out of my head. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so You angry. know what I once read about the, uh, the, the creator of the LaTeX syntax? Um, he pronounced it very, GIF, I believe. He's a very tall guy. So. Oh, yeah. Taller than me? Possibly. I expect, right? Yeah, taller than me. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. Apple Music <laughs> in the shower. In the, sh- in the a, shower. A good use for a shower speaker is Apple Music. Uh, Federico, tell us about this new feature, and then tell us what it lacks. Yeah. So today, they uh, Apple Music started rolling out this new mix. It's called the Heavy Rotation Mix, which is different from previous uh, Heavy Rotation things they have done. Uh, Heavy Rotation, I believe, used to be or still is a section of the home view. This one is one of their algorithmic mixes. However, uh, unlike their previous mixes, such as the... um, uh, what's what's it called? A new new, new music mix. Uh, my favorites mix. Uh, do they have also one called like uh, my, my friends mix and my chill mix or something? Yeah, there's friends mix, chill mix. I think there's like some kind of like workout pumped up. Yeah, the, the g- uh, like uh, g- get up, feel good, something mix. Um, Heavy rotation. You said that one. I got my station, my discovery station. So those are the radio stations, which are oh, different okay. from mixes. Mixes are basically get up play. mix. Get, yeah, up. get up. I told you. Get, get up. up. Feel good. Chill get mix. Uh, chill mix. So heavy rotation mix is a get a get on uh, as a collection of songs you have put in heavy rotation, uh, supposedly from the past twenty four hours, because this one 
is the first algorithmic mix to, to be refreshed on a daily basis. Um, I think it's a good idea. Spotify has been doing lots of daily mixes for years now of all kinds. Um, so Apple Music now also doing a daily mix. Um, I think it's a good idea. The one thing I noticed, which I believe is a bug at the moment and it needs to be fixed, is that this heavy rotation mix, I can say for certainty that for me, it picked up songs that I listened to while I had enabled a focus filter that turns off music listening activity. So if you recall, that was a feature that was rolled out in 17.2 or 17.3, the ability to create a focus mode with a focus filter for Apple Music to say, uh, when I'm listening to music and I'm in the sleep focus or I'm in the driving focus or something, do not count this music activity against my recommendations, against what people will see that I listen to and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but in this heavy rotation mix, I found my sleep music, which is the, you know, the, the, the music I listen to when I go to bed. And I don't want that to count against my recommendations. And yet it ended up here. So hopefully this, uh, the algorithm will be fixed here, not to count those songs but otherwise um, I think it's a good idea and uh, it's just uh, maybe uh, maybe about time for the music app to get some sort of refresh because that uh, that uh, section of mixes and stations is getting kind of confusing right now with all these options um, Spotify has a dedicated page for example for all your algorithmic mixes here they're just a sort of put in a section of the home tab and maybe there could be a better design to collect them all uh we see in the discord from jen there is a singing in the shower playlist from apple music there you go that's the playlist that exists too if you want that yeah is this a, a matter of apple not remembering all the features it has like i like, think so yeah because uh, this happens well, actually, it happens quite a bit. Look at the sports app, like no live activities, no widgets, no iPad or Mac support. Like, I just, I understand with something like that, they wanted to get it out for the beginning of MLS play and it was Eddie Q's baby. So it got fast tracked, it seems. But something like this is like, well, the, the music team supports these other features. It just, it, it kind of, it kind of rubs me the wrong way for a company that prides itself on the details, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hope it gets fixed. But otherwise, uh, I think it's a really nice feature. The other thing I'll say here is, does it matter? With, I mean, if this is the the heavy rotation, this is music you listen to a lot. Like, wouldn't that be fine to go back into your your history and everything because it's music you've already listened to a bunch. It's not like you're off exploring something new and you don't want to accidentally be labeled as, you know, someone who listens to a type of music you don't. Well, no, but if, but if, for example, my kid likes to listen to the Frozen soundtrack 20 times when we're driving, uh, would you consider that a heavy rotation for me? Mm, okay. Like if, there's a okay. Set, if there's a setting, you should respect that setting. I agree with that. I just, I didn't know since this playlist is like an amplification, but yes, I, I, I see what you're saying now. Or if you like... You know, you you listen to a piece of music on repeat for four hours while you're writing. Like, it's not like you always want that to show up when yeah. you're like jogging. It's like a different thing mm. for some people, I guess. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ZocDoc. You shouldn't have to feel awkward talking to your doctor. 
The good news is ZocDoc is the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable and actually listen to you. We're talking about tens of thousands of doctors here, all with verified patient reviews, so you can make sure they're the right fit before you go meet them in real life. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you. Instantly book appointments with them online. It's so easy. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And all these docs have verified reviews from real, actual patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can often even score same-day appointments. I actually just had my physical a couple of weeks ago, and I was reminded of this very thing, how important it is to have a doctor who you're comfortable with. You can talk to them. That's about weird stuff, and they're going to understand and get you. Uh, I struggled with that for years and finally found a great physician, and with ZocDoc, you can too. Go to ZocDoc.com connected to download their app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring the show and Relay FM. Our friend Greg Pierce of Drafts Frame, Drafts Fame, Drafts Fame has Latex. Latex. Uh, I think Drafts <laughs> probably supports it. Um, probably. New app called Simple Scan, and it's it's great. This this all unfolded on Macedon. Greg said he needed something to scan some things. He wrote a little app, and I and a bunch of other people told him, "Please make this an app on the App Store." So yes, you can scan documents into Apple Notes. Yes, you can scan in the Files app, but there are other times that you want to scan something and you want to just send it as an email, or maybe you don't want to open the Files app because it makes you sad. And Greg's uh, Simple Scan app does just that. There's a handful of options. You can set your format to PDF or images. You can turn OCR on or off, and there's some other things you can do, like set up custom email destinations, like... Uh, scan this and send it to Federico. I think this is awesome because Apple's solution is good, but a little bit limited. And this, like coming from Greg, who who makes drafts, this is just drafts for scanning. Like you open it and you pick your destination yes. and then you scan your thing. And uh, I'm glad he built it because a lot of third-party scanning apps have felt icky over the years, like the, with business models or like the one my wife uses, I forget the name of it. But and she likes it, so like it's fine, whatever. It syncs with iCloud, but it's like a whole document library inside the scanning app. I'm like, that's fine, but for what I want most of the time is like scan something to email it to somebody, which I do. I have to do a fair amount for work. You know, I get a a, a scary letter in the mail. I scan it, send it to our CPA, and he says, "No, you're getting scammed. Don't answer that or whatever." Um, that sort of use case is pretty common for me, and so. I signed up for this immediately. It's $4.99 a year or 20 bucks lifetime. Greg has has a long history of building excellent iOS apps. And I was like, yeah, lifetime. Like, let's go. Yep. This is now Same. this is now on my phone. 
uh, I love this idea because it's like it. it it's it's uh, the, the kind of utility that doesn't uh, do anything revolutionary. It's just a, a much more intuitive and simplified uh, version of a feature that exists elsewhere. And here it's being made like a dedicated utility that ju does just that. And if there's one piece of feedback that 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 I could uh, um, sort of file on the show, uh, mm. I would love to um, use it in the shower. No. I don't scan documents in the shower, uh, but I would love to create a... Hey, maybe somebody out there is like, no, I, I do it all the time. I, I do it all the time. I'm convinced now one of our listeners scans their documents in the shower. Well, yeah. You need the humidity um, to smooth the paper out. Now, you got to work fast, though, which is why this is a good product, because some of these other scanning apps are slow. And this thing is just like, you got to get in there just as the paper is smooth, but not ruined. Yeah, that's why you need simple scan because it's so fast. That's right. Um, it's shower proof. Uh, no, but I would love to create uh, favorite folders um, uh, so that uh, the next time I scan something, it should always go to like my scan documents folder in iCloud Drive. Yeah, and that's something that you can do on iOS. You can you know you can pick a folder beforehand that sort of becomes a, a bookmark of sorts, and then the next time I scan, uh, the app would save the PDF directly inside that folder without me having to pick that folder manually every time. So that would be nice to have. But yeah, uh, I think a really cool example of a developer looking for something that didn't exist, uh, builds it for himself, becomes a product for sale. Uh, Pretty nice story, I think. Every time someone says simple scan, I hear simple plan. That's, that's where my brain is. No, it's you ever feel no, no, no. exactly. No, no. <laughs> Let's you know, talk you know, about. Do you know I saw them live in Viterbo when I was fifteen? You know, I, I that's wild <laughs> to me that they made it out to you. You know, like a, a punk band from Canada. Welcome just find their to way my to the life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about PWAs in iOS 17.4. Mm. Okay. This is a topic I have brought to the show today because I think I'm in a bit of a spicy mood today. I think it's all to do with latex. latex. So as part of the changes coming in iOS 17.4 uh, in Europe to comply with the DMA rules, Apple has removed the support in Europe for PWAs on the iPhone. PWAs, progressive web apps, or as I think of them, programs of attitude. Yes. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> I love that. And they have a new attitude. Uh, essentially, what this allows you to do is add a web app on your iPhone to your home screen, but then it acts like an app. So when you tap on the icon, it opens full screen. It looks like an app. It doesn't have like web browser Chrome around it. Yeah. And then over time, they've added features like push notifications you can receive from PWA. And it has some form of reliable storage. So the app remembers states. It has data like an app would, like a native app. The, the PWA does as well. But in 17.4, Apple has removed the additional functions that a PWA can have on the iPhone, essentially reducing it back to being like a bookmark to open a web page in your chosen browser. Many people in the community are upset about this and believe that Apple is doing it to make the experience, uh, to make to make PWAs a worse experience than using an app. Right? This is I'm seeing this spoken about a lot. The term malicious compliance has been used to describe what Apple's been doing. That the DMA that Apple is using the DMA as a cover to remove PWAs because there is a feeling that, like, uh, I think in like the 
PWA community that it, that Apple doesn't want them to exist because it perform it like allows for a, a new form of distribution of applications with Apple taking no money from them, right? Where it's very clear Apple wants money from all apps. Apple have given the following statement on this. I'm going to quote from 9to5. Apple explains that it would have to build an entirely new integration architecture that does not currently exist in iOS to address the complex security and privacy concerns associated with web apps using alternative browser engines. This work was not practical to undertake given the other demands of the DMA and the very low user adoption for, of home screen web apps, Apple explains. And so to comply with the DMA's requirements, we had to remove the home screen web apps feature in the European Union. EU users will be able to continue accessing websites directly from their home screen through a bookmark with minimal impact to their functionality, Apple continues. That part is not true at the end. Like, that's just not true. Like, there are the functions are being removed, like the yep. storage, the push notifications. Like, yep. I don't know what everything else in that statement reads fine. I don't know why they say that part at the end. Um, as you would imagine, complaints on this have been made to the European Commission and they say that they are looking into it. What do you boys think about this? I don't understand, uh, and maybe you guys can explain this to me, why the feature had to be taken away f because of the DMA. So I have a thought on this, and like I've, I've done a bit of reading on this. Essentially, uh, uh, so they had, to, they had to take it, well, Apple was saying they had to take it away because they are not going to do the work to, to allow, say, Chrome and Mozilla to do this. Like if you choose Chrome as your default browser and you get the browser ballot, you then can't use WebKit from Apple, right, to power the PWAs. That's kind of the thinking. And it seems like Apple is not willing to do the work to allow for uh, PWAs to work no matter what type of browser you use. That's a decision that they have made. And I think they've then had to remove it because then Safari would have this feature and it would have an edge over Chrome, right? It would be better than Chrome, right? So if you stuck with Safari, then you could have PWAs. But if you chose Chrome, you can't. So I think they've, basically they have to neutralize the impact. Like they're not actually allowed to have one web browser be better than any of the other web browsers. Is that is that codified in the DMA? That I think Safari... I've read that that's the case. Like they can't uh, allow for benefits to Safari over Chrome. Like they have to, neutralize them right mm. so the D this is from night to mac the dma requires that all browsers have equality meaning that apple can't favor safari and webkit over third-party browser engines therefore because it can't offer home screen web apps to third-party browsers it also can't offer support via safari That's i don't like know just uh, okay th thanks for that um it just seems my thought is that it seems a bit odd to me that you go to such great lengths to build all these features that the DMA require you to. And the one thing you fail to implement is arguably something that would have allowed a lot of web apps to be used um, locally on an iOS device in full screen with app-like behaviors and features. Like, it seems a bit odd. Yeah, but if that was the case, then why do PWAs have any support currently like in the rest of the world? What do you mean with that? 
Well, like PWAs work everywhere else. It's not like they've gotten right. rid of them everywhere else. So like right. that threat still exists in other places. Sure. So like if if that was the case, then like it's why did they introduce them in the first place and have made them better over time if they don't want them to exist? Right. And so if they want them to exist, why didn't they build it? I genuinely Okay. So I am taking Apple's comments at face value that like is a minuscule percentage of users are actually using this feature and they had to build so much they deprioritized it. So they they didn't have time, basically. No, I d- it's not time. They didn't want to do this work. Like that's how I look at it. Of like they had so many things to do, they didn't want to do this. I hope they will do it. Like that that they haven't done it now. So if Apple is not if Apple is not maliciously complying here, I think they would have they would have, they could have just said, uh, "Look, we deprioritize this. Uh, it's coming later, but we are gonna do it." Case closed. Like but, you, unless but, there's but then something they else. They don't make those kinds of statements, right? But but now but now you just caused a lot of controversy and the EU to look into this again. Yeah, that's true. But th- I mean. It's not like they haven't caused enough controversy in the sure. EU looking into things with even just their response to the DMA. I think it is a shame to remove them from Safari. Like I think it's a shame to move them at all, but I do believe that the usage of PWAs on iOS is really low. Like I do believe this to be the case. But why is that low? Like, like, yeah, I think you're right, but also arguably you could say that it's been low because Apple has been very slow to adopt modern PWA features. I just don't, I just like, don't like think people it's, are It's that it. sort of problem. It's like the chicken and egg problem where like, yeah, adoption yeah. is low because really like, you know, uh, you, you only recently they, add, like, was it last year that they added support for um, uh, push 16. notifications? Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that usage is slow because obviously you always pushed for the app store yep. instead of the web. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, not a shocker <laughs> that usage is low. That is a very good point. Uh, there is one thing I wanted to just mention here: that like, a lot of people are calling PWAs the biggest threat to the app store, which is why Apple's getting rid of them. Like, I'm seeing that uh. term used a lot. Which is, I mean, it's funny to me because, like, I think the biggest threat to the App Store is alternate app stores, which is what's happening in the countries where, like, places where PWAs have been removed. I think the biggest threat to the App Store is is Apple itself. I love it. Yes, I love it. Like, Mm -hmm. look, I I find this whole thing to be, uh, I can see why people are frustrated about it. I do, I really, I personally take Apple at face value here that, like, it's a small mm. percentage of users that use it. They haven't done it. And that's that. Like, I want them to do more, but I, I don't see this as like some mastermind scheme to neutralize this like oncoming threat. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. I think you're right. I don't think that either. Uh, but as with many other cases of Apple in the press, I think sometimes they just have a bad way to get their message across. Yeah. Because I I expect they prob- somebody is probably working on this. Like, someone at Apple is probably working on this. They could just say what you suggested, right? Like, we're working on this, but it is not going to make 17.4. And to comply, we've had to remove it. 
they do it for other things. I mean, Tim Cook literally said we're going to have AI features later this year. They pre-announced their accessibility stuff weeks mm. before the OS is unveiled. It wouldn't kill anyone to say, yeah, we're going to do this, but it's coming later. Like, you know, it's no big deal. It's not like they are unveiling the, you know, the next, uh, you know, Apple hardware or something. Like, just say that it's a feature coming later and nobody gets upset. I don't get it. They want your money, that's for sure, right? And they will do anything that they can to get the money. But I just, I feel like, I don't feel like that's what's going on here. Like, I, I really don't think they're removing PWAs because they consider PWAs a threat. Because if that was the case, why do they exist outside of the Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, and and I think you're right. I don't think they're doing this maliciously. Uh, the timing is, you know, the timing makes you think that, makes yes. you skeptical. But if if you consider how they're still available, uh, you know, uh, outside of the EU, I think uh, I think you make a good point. And I think the company culture right now, they are so begrudgingly doing this, right? Like they mm. are so begrudgingly going along with the DMA. I, I think that they are doing the bare minimum amount of work. Right. That they that they have to do. And the easiest way to deal with the PWA thing is just to turn it off than to build a function for Mozilla and Google and Microsoft to have their own PWAs on the iPhone. Yeah. So they're just doing that. Like that I I wouldn't call it malicious compliance in this scenario. It is like bare minimum compliance is what Apple is going for with this specific thing, I think. That that's my read on the situation anyway. It's it's like a mom, I, I don't wanna brush my teeth compliance. Yeah, and so instead you're just like <laughs> you just like take the brush, don't even put toothpaste on it, just water, one in, one out, done. <laughs> that's it. Yep, yep, yep. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything product, services, and even content. I love building on Squarespace. In fact, I've been building a couple of sites for our friend David Smith on Squarespace, and it is so easy to get something that looks and performs so well. They have Fluid Engine, which is this next-generation website design system they have. You can start with a template, customize everything with drag and drop, and really build what you want. And if you want to send email campaigns, you can do that too. You can encourage visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. And of course, all that branding goes along with your email campaign so they know it's coming from you. And the built-in analytics track all of this so you can see how your website's performing, how those email sends are going, and it's really easy to understand what's going on. A lot of analytics packages out there are confusing. Squarespaces are great. Like I said, I've been busy building a couple of websites uh, for Underscore on Squarespace. A new one for Widgetsmith, a new one for Sleep Plus Plus. Uh, got a third one on, on its way for Predometer Plus Plus, and it is great. One of the best things about it is the new asset library. It's got a lot of screenshots and pictures to deal with, and it's all really easy to manage this stuff, and it's all in one place. So go to squarespace.com connected for a free trial and use the code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. That's squarespace.com slash connected and the code connected when you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of Connected and Relay FM.
We now come to a sad moment in the podcast where we say goodbye to a project that we have talked about just about the whole run of this podcast. It, I went back, and we'll get into this. I, I did some history digging through uh, what was once called Project Titan, which was Apple's initiative or initiatives. I think it was more than one. Uh, looking into at some point, some combination of an electric vehicle, a self-driving vehicle, and or software to run a self-driving vehicle. <laughs> At one point, they weren't going to make hardware. Other points, they were hiring people who knew how shocks and brakes worked. So the big news is, I'm sure people have seen this, Mark Gurman rep- reported on Bloomberg that Apple has canceled its, quote, decade-long effort to build an electric car. Uh, so this is what uh, Gurman said. This is a quote. The two executives told staffers that the project will begin winding down and that many employees on the car team known as the Special Projects Group, or SPG. This is me now speaking, not German. Project Titan was a pretty cool name. Special Projects Group, pretty boring. Right, so those employees will be shifted to the Artificial Intelligence Division under executive John Genandrea, who we spoke about last week. Those employees will focus on generative AI projects, an increasingly key priority for the company. A side effect of this seems that our boy Kevin Lynch is now reporting to John Genandrea uh, as a result mm. of this. Is he our, is he our boy? <laughs> he seems like a cool guy. Boy? I don't know, he seems like a cool guy, but like... Uh, Kevin's our boy. Kevin's our boy. boy. Yeah, I, okay. I, could see, I could see Kevin coming out, you know, uh, for dinner with us, you know, having a good time. Right. You know, Kevin's I have boy. nothing against him. I just wasn't sure if I missed a thing where he became our no, boy. Kevin's, Kevin's got our sort of vibe. I think he does. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Remember he showed up at a keynote with long hair all of a sudden? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> special project. That was his special project. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he knows about special projects. So okay. a little history for you. Because I started looking at this and I was like, okay, we've talked about this literally the entire run of our podcast. And I just had forgotten how much it happened. So just, just give me a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, project Titan was kicked off in 2014 with approval from the newly minted Tim Cook. And Tim Cook had only been in charge about three years at this point. This was right at the same time the Apple Watch was announced and coming out. So about that time mm-hmm. frame. Apple was rumored at the time to have hired Johan Jungworth, a former president and chief executive from Mercedes-Benz R&D, North America. So mm-hmm. out of the gate, hiring car people, right? Okay. Then in 2015, I had forgotten about this and I reread it, like fell out of my chair. In 2015, Apple board member uh, Mickey Drexler told an interviewer that Steve Jobs had a car on Apple's radar. Uh, this is a quote. Steve Jobs, if he had lived, was going to design an iCar, said Drexler. I think cars have an extraordinary opportunity for cool design. What a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what a sentence. iCar iCar. Mm. It's a different time, you know? Different, you know. Now it'd be Apple Car Pro. Later that year, Apple started taking meetings with the state of California over self-driving regulations, uh, thinking that they were uh, going to be putting tech on the roads at some point, wanted to make sure the state of California was, uh, all that was was up to speed. 
In 2016, Bob Mansfield returned Hi, from Bob. retirement. Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Came back from retirement to lead Project Titan and was given a, quote, fall 2017 deadline to report to Tim Cook if the project was viable. So this is a couple of years in. Maybe there's not much to show for it. As you go through this, it seems like maybe Bob blew through that deadline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 2017. Uh, uh, it's now 2024, in case you've been asleep for five years. Bob Mansfield previously had been involved with Apple's other hardware products, right? Like he was in a bunch of videos about MacBook Pros and stuff. So he had the chops, came back. I'm not sure what happened here, but we blew through 2017 uh, and about this time, like the AI stuff we spoke about on our previous episode, about this time, research started coming out from people at Apple about self-driving cars, about LiDAR systems, uh, camera vision, you know, computer vision, that, that sort of thing. So there was work going on, sort of academic work in these areas that very clearly was going to be tied to this product. Uh, In January of 2018, Apple registered about two dozen self-driving cars with uh, the state of California. Pictures of these were all over the place. They weren't Apple cars, right? They were like some vans. I think there were some some like Lexus SUVs, I think, if I I remember correctly. Yeah, Jaguar. I think they were using Jaguar. Maybe. All white, of course. And then a bunch of uh, sensors and stuff on it. You know, other companies have done this a lot, so... Also in here, I didn't put it in my notes, but I read it. Also in here, there was like a lawsuit about a guy who left Apple and apparently stole a bunch of like self-driving data. That happens all the time in these car companies. It's wild. In uh, 2018 and 2019, Apple was meeting with a bunch of car companies. And this is uh, it's not the only time. But this was a time period where looking at, you know, people reporting on this, looking at LinkedIn and looking at job postings, Apple was hiring people with like, car suspension engineering work under their belts. I think this was when it was also rumored that they were going to buy Kia. This was in there too, because they were also in South Korea a bunch talking yeah. to Kia and other companies about manufacturing and maybe, yep. yeah, maybe a purchase. Which at the time seemed silly, but now... Kia's killing it now. If you look at what Kia yep. is, Kia's transition to electric... Yep. They're incredible. Like, they make such great cars. And so, like, at the time, it seemed funny because Kia were maybe were more of a budget car and, like, their cars weren't very good looking in a lot of instances. But now they are, like, they're, on, they're like, crushing it. The yeah. logo is funny, uh, but it, that was also funny. a good thing. Cause, but, like, funny. it was good to change it, right? Because it's, like, now they have a new brand. The new logo is pretty bad, though. They, KN is one. That's bad. <laughs> but yeah, they make great cars. Kia and, make great cars. And they are, at least in North America, killing it on the electric car front. A lot yep. of good options from Kia yep. and its and its sibling brands. 2018 also brought the hire of Doug Field. We talked about this on Connected. Uh, he was formerly the SVP of engineering at Tesla. Um, a job that I think later would go to uh, Chris Latner, who invented Swift. Uh, huh. he, he had a, a short stint in this job at Tesla or a job like this at Tesla. Um, so Doug Field comes over. They just high five as they yeah. like switch, Beep. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, in 2019, Apple bought a company called Drive AI. Uh, this was an AI self-driving vehicle startup. They, they, according to reporting at The Verge, were getting ready to go out of business, and Apple scooped them up on the cheap. 
Apple bought other companies in this time, but this I think was maybe one of the most notable ones. Uh, definitely one of the more public ones. Right before COVID, Bob goes back into retirement and John Good time. Jimmy, what did he know? Yeah. yeah what exactly. did he know? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out of here. Work from home. Forget that. I got podcast shower lined mm-hmm. up, you know? What do you think Bob listens to in the shower? The sound of car engines. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Remember there was also a report, like the Apple owned this building somewhere in California. And people were like, we hear engines racing around at night. It's like, okay. Uh, I don't remember that, yeah, but who I knows? love that. Uh, who knows? I love Dude, that. I've read so much about Apple's car stuff over the last two days. It's just like, my brain is full of it. Uh, so John Andrea took over. Um, and then in 2021, it was reported that Kevin Lynch was in charge. So there was a lot of shuffling going on. And in that shuffling, Doug Field from Tesla left uh, and went oh. to Ford, which is now building EVs. A lot of movement. Around this time, a deadline of 2024 was floated. So I guess 2017 didn't work out. 2024, we're going to... We're going to do something. And this whole time, right, there's reporting, again, Apple's going to make an electric self-driving car. They had really ambitious goals about the self-driving is broken into levels, like levels one through five. And basically, as you move up the stack, they become more and more um, aware of self-driving. There were rumors of no steering wheel for a while, right? That was what they wanted to make, a car with no wheel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who would, yeah, a yoke or something? No, no, nothing. Um, Nothing. And then there were also reports that, okay, the self-driving stuff is harder than we thought. Who would have guessed? And uh, they were maybe looking at something more like GM Super Cruise, which is really highly reviewed. But Super Cruise self-driving technology only works on highways mapped out by GM and then fed into their system. So it's not like... um, It's not like something like... uh, Tesla full self-driving where it can kind of do it wherever. And we're, I'm not, we're not going down that road, just saying that sentence and moving on. GM Super Cruise was, is only on select highways and maybe Apple wasn't happy with that. But after all of this, right, this is a very like spicy decade long story. And now German says it's over. A bunch of people are going to go work on AI no doubt some people will lose their jobs and that sucks, especially like in the background of all this is this kind of meta story that EV demand in North America is really drying up. And so some of these people, you know, it's a bad time to be let go from a company like this, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's where we are. And I'd love to know uh, what y'all think about it. I definitely have thoughts, but that, that's kind of the background. Well, it's a relief to start with. Because yeah. now none of us have to buy a car that Apple makes. Because, <laughs> right, you know, you think it was bad that we had to buy the Vision Pro. It was bad, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start with a $90,000 car, right? Ugh. That would have been unfortunate for everybody involved. Can't, yeah, can't, have can't John ship it to me. You know, that could have been. Yeah, John, John is the most relieved, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is something that, like, I kind of never really cared for it. So, like, I, I'm not really, you know, I'm. Uh, it would have been fun to talk about. Like there would have been interesting, weird stuff to talk about with this, but it doesn't like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy they're not doing it. I, I don't think that this was a good idea to be honest. I mean, honestly, was this ever really going to happen? Like, w- w- I think there re- is another timeline where, where yes, it, it, it was going mm. to, but I, I just think it, 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 it didn't 
take off. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I've always felt very ambivalent about the idea of the computer company now making a car. Yeah. And I mean, uh, sure, there's there's a, you know, the, the counter argument would be, but like, uh, for example, Tesla used to be, you know, brand new company, uh, never made a car before, and then they made a car. And now they are arguably leaders in the EV marketplace. Um, so it is possible for a company that has never done cars before to do cars. Especially now that cars are just more and more exactly. technology than they are motor motors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, but still, like I, I've always felt very like, uh, would I really drive an Apple car? Like, he, would I feel safe, you know, from a company that, you know, makes smartphones and laptops and you know, now headsets? Like, okay, now you want me to drive your car? <laughs> it's going to drive you, man. That's the, whole, that's the whole idea. I am on the record as a, as a self-driving non-believer. Um, because I, I am confident when I say this, it's never going to work in Italy. So, uh, but hey, maybe it works in the American highways. Great. Um, but yeah, you know, life's a highway. Mm. Gonna write it all down. But hey, I will. I I would like to counterpoint there. <laughs> I have felt that way too. That like the idea of a self-driving car seems bananas. But then I think about large language models, and it feels <laughs> it's gonna it's less. gonna hallucinate you right off the highway. <laughs> no, but like mm. if you just think about that technology, right, like. It's so impressive what it can do. Like, you know, it can take in a bunch of data and can make something new out of it. And I don't know, there's just something about like that advancement in technology makes me feel, I feel less skeptical of the idea that a large set of data couldn't achieve that problem. Have you ever seen a lady in Rome traffic chase you and honking her car at you and chasing you for several minutes? Well, the self-driving car wouldn't do that, you know? It's not going to honk but, and chase. But what I'm saying is that is that there are some locales where traffic and driving is so wildly unpredictable and yeah. you do things that are arguably, you know, illegal when you're driving that it is... From my perspective, yeah. Oh, by the way, Zach, yes, this happened to me. Um, I mean, we ago. all assumed that that happened. Either it was you were, it was happening to you, or you were happening it <laughs> to me. To me. So, so we're driving. I'm driving. Sylvia's in the passenger seat. The dogs in the back seat, and I'm just driving Sylvia to school. And I start hearing this honk behind me, like oh, it must must be someone who's upset at somebody else because I I didn't do anything right. I just, I was just driving. And the honking persisted, right? It's like going and going. And then after like a good minute, Sylvia is like, who's this uh, lady behind us honking at? It's like, and so I look at the rearview mirror and I see her gesturing like mm. very aggressively toward me. She then sort of, uh, she, she tries to pass me, stops her car because there was a red light and she starts yelling at me and, and she gets out of the car. So basically, uh, she was, and I start, I just, I just laughed in her face. I just, I didn't even do anything. just started laughing. Um, she believed that I cut her off at an intersection, which I didn't do, which I absolutely didn't do. Uh, so anyway, 
uh, that was that was weird, and we had a laugh, and then we just left. Well, my question, I feel like, I mean, I don't, I'm not arguing for this possibility, but like, I'm just wondering, like, can you not imagine a future where a computer would be able to reason what to do in that scenario like a human can? Like, why? No, not here. You don't think a computer here. would ever be able to do that? I think I think self self driving can absolutely work on a highway, on a freeway, or on, on large right. roads. I don't think it's ever going to be able to figure out how you should live in Rome or in you know in any other city where going downtown or in certain neighborhoods uh-huh. is it requires a, a very special type of human skill, which is improvising. You think it's a uniquely human thing, and I'm not disagreeing yes. with you. I'm just like. I think I really think it is. Mm. I, really I mean, I agree is. with you that like it feels much more doable on predictable roads. Yes, like where like yeah. America is more predictable, right? Like yes. the road infrastructure in Europe is very different because it's mm-hmm. older, yes. and so like it's yeah, but weird. Look, y'all barely have any other Apple features because you're outside. That's of America. true. You know, they're never going to. It's going to be US only forever. Yep. Progressive web apps, self-driving, kind of the same. Exactly. You know, kind of the same thing. You got to drive it on Apple-approved roads, and they're going to take thirty percent of that pavement of the roads of the toll booths, mm-hmm. all toll booths, thirty percent of toll booths. Yeah, I mean, Federico, I, I think there's some, definitely something uh, to what you're saying, and that's that's exactly why this is such a hard problem. And there were people when Apple went into this saying, like, no one else has figured this out. Tesla hasn't figured this out. Surely, like, this is a a, a very hard thing, and these companies have the best people in the world working at them, right? Uh, uh, what's the company? Waze, Wave. But it's like there's other companies out there doing this. I forget the name of it. Um, Waymo. Waymo. Waze is the Google mapping. Yes. Um, yeah. I think there's something to that. I think there is something also that like they're going to be people there for a long time. Maybe not forever because that's a, a risky bet. But for a long time, they're going to be people who want to drive, who enjoy it, right? And and will struggle with self-driving. There, those people are already struggling with EVs, right? Because they think there's something special about the internal combustion engine and shifting your own gears. Like people are emotional about cars and I totally get that. And I'm to a degree, yeah. one of those people. You're um, a car guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think from from the, the perspective of like Apple doing this, I, I've got a couple of big thoughts. Um, the, the first of which is, I think we're already seeing the, the benefit of this failed project, right? One of the things you have to do in a car is a real-time operating system. And that sure seems like something that that R1 chip Vision Mm. Pro image pipeline thing is closely related to, right? Where the timings of things, the absolute certainty that things are going to work 100% of the time has to be present in a car and the Vision Pro, I think, benefits, if not directly, then indirectly from some of that work. Uh, I would, if we were on a slightly different timeline and the car was real, I would imagine that that R1 chip would have a counterpart in the car. Probably several the counterparts. The C1. We're never going to get to experience it. It's so sad. Um, the bigger thing for me is, on the relief side, and I agree with you, like I read this, I was like, oh, thankfully, like finally we're, we're past this, hopefully. It wasn't so much, even though there was a little bit of like, how do we even talk about this? Because this is our career, right? Um, but 
this always seemed like a weird fit for Apple, the company, uh, a company that predominantly makes consumer technology devices and now a bunch of services that feed into those devices. Uh, if you look at what they make, it's all kind of in that diagram, right? Even from the Vision Pro to the Apple Watch, the Mac, the iPhone, and iPad, they're all different types of computers that do different things. And and we and our friends and, and our community, we get to debate those differences endlessly, and we love it. The car, outside of that, even though the car is more and more a rolling computer, right? Even my pickup truck, which is like, internal combustion engine, right? It is It is not an EV. Even that has some limited like computing stuff going on, right? It can center itself in the lane. It has radar cruise control. It has um, these other like built-in features, like safety features, right? It knows it's going to stop me before I hit something or before I back into traffic. Computers and cars are on a collision course. And... It felt weird to me that Apple was going to potentially be the first big tech company to get there because it just doesn't seem like something they would be good at. Um, How do you sell it? How do you service it? How do you manage the relationship over a long time? We're talking about people with an iPhone for four or five years, a Mac five, six, seven years. People buy a car and ideally want to keep it for a long, long time. And that's a question all EV make, all EV makers have to face. And so far, the answers aren't super encouraging. Uh, if you're going to try to find like an early Model S uh, from Tesla or even like a, a Chevy Volt or Bolt, like older GM electric cars, like there's a lot of questions there. And how is Apple going to be different and, and be able to to manage that relationship over a long time? I just didn't see them being good at it. And so I, as sad as this news is for the people involved, and and that sucks. Like I'm not trying to not say that, but I think from the 40,000 foot view, this was never going to be a good fit with what Apple's good at. And from that perspective, I'm kind of glad this is the end of the road for this project. Do we expect that they're going to try and like, be more present in cars with CarPlay and stuff like that? Do you think maybe more effort will go into that now for as much as car companies might want or not? I don't know about more effort, but one other thing that's related to this is that car manufacturers love control. Look no further than Tesla, Rivian, and GM's electric vehicles where they're not allowing CarPlay, they're not allowing Android Auto, because they want to control the whole stack and they think it's better. And there are some benefits to that. Like the phone experience, not knowing about the battery state of the car and that sort of thing. These things have to be closer together. That is a huge uphill battle for Apple. And one so far that they've been only partially successful at because they're not on Tesla's, they're not on Rivian's, they're not on GM electric vehicles. But as hard as that is already, if they were in the marketplace with their own car, game over for CarPlay, I think. I think it would really be hard for them to uh, convince car makers to either get in bed with CarPlay in the first place or to stay there. And now that they're not going to be shipping a car, it seems like, they don't have that additional hurdle. I don't think it means 
um, CarPlay is like totally set, ready to go, and like it's going to succeed. But I think it is good for CarPlay in the sense that it keeps Apple's relationship with these other companies uh, a little bit simpler. Mm. And the you know the reporting we were mentioning is that the a lot of people are now going to move to AI and they're going to start working on generative AI stuff at Apple instead. The people yeah. that are in these teams under Kevin Lynch, under John Gianandrea. Yeah, Kevin Sandwich. Uh, yes. I guess that probably makes sense, right? I think there's a lot of overlap there in terms of computer vision. Uh, a lot of the real-time OS stuff may, be not be, may not be extremely applicable to AI, but in terms of optimization and efficiency in computing, all that's good. And so uh, I would imagine that there are things that they were working on there that, yeah, the project they were working on may not move over, but the sort of information they have uh, and the sort of experience and knowledge they've gathered, I think, could be useful. Well, goodbye, Apple Car, I guess. Yeah, goodbye. goodbye. We never See knew you. you. You know they would have just called it Car, right, as well? Yeah, like, no, it's, it would have just been car. called Car. It would have been, been bad. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm just going to put my flag in the ground. Like, I really want to know everything about this, and I cannot wait 30 years for the book. I would just love to know what Apple and Johnny Ive and these people thought the future was going to be. I think that does it. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about this week, they're in your podcast player. They're also on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 491. There's a feedback form on the website and there's a link in the pot in your podcast player uh, to leave us feedback. There's an option to make it anonymous. So if you know more about project Titan and you want to spill the beans, uh, please let us know. You can also become a member and get Connected Pro, which is the longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. Like Mike said at the top, we had a really, I think, a really good conversation about uh, Nintendo and emulators and lawsuits, and um, what a time. If you want more of us, you can find us online. You can find Federico at MacStories.net, where he's the editor-in-chief. Some, some fun stuff coming to Mac Stories. Yes. Stay tuned. I'll just, I'll leave it there. You can follow Mike. Uh, you can follow Mike. Well, you can follow Mike, but I'm talking about Federico right now. You can follow Federico. No, follow Mike. <laughs> follow Mike. You can follow Federico as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on threads. And he is Vitici at MacStories.net on Macedon. Maybe uh, ask him for some Italian tips, you know? Learn, learn the alphabet with us. Mm. You can find Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. Uh, Upgrade, Cortex, Panatic, Thoroughly Considered remastered analog don't don't try and list them all because you'll forget one and then you'll upset someone you can also find mike's work over at cortex brand you can follow mike online he's imike on threads and imike at mike.social on mastodon you can find me online on threads as ismh86 and ismh at eworld.social on mastodon you can find my writing on 512pixels.net and i co-host mac power users uh, here on relay fm we have new episodes each and every Sunday. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, ZocDoc and Squarespace. And until next time, say goodbye. Arrivederci. F? Is that it? <laughs> yes. F? 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 Bye, y'all.